everybody, we got another commission podcast. Uh, this is the last of the football champs from the Bald Move fi- fi- Final Fantasy. Uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy, Fantasy Football, football. League. Uh, these are the winners of the 2017 contest. Uh, today's winner is Hatorian, who's also the league commissioner. Uh, which that that seems shady as all shit. And he's also yeah. uh, in his comments he says all I have to say is two time champ in three years, bitches. Oh yeah, we see what you're doing there. Yeah, like, I feel like man, he should have to recuse himself from the not, the not fantasy league. Not even trying to hide the the, no. the skullduggery going on. Uh, he but, also you says, know you cheat to, you got to cheat to win then okay. you cheat and I guess you win and then you win <laughs> a commission so, the, 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 so he chose the movie the 2013 movie uh, Prisoners directed by Denis Villeneuve uh, who I've been pronouncing Denis Villanova uh, incorrectly for low these many years uh, it stars a bunch of people that you've heard of Hugh Jackman uh, Jake Gyllenhaal Viola Davis Maria Bello Terrence Howard among others um, Paul and, Dano, huh? Paul Dano, who I've seen. Paul in Dano, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Dano, who uh, we really enjoyed in um, the movie, the one, the Baldies. <laughs> it's called uh, "There Will Be Blood." There you uh, go. Yes, he was the the preacher guy. Because uh, I don't want to give much feedback, because I don't want to ruin anything. My understanding is neither of you have seen it, so I don't want to give anything away. I trust you guys will know what to do. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for your trust in us. What did you think of this movie? Have you seen this movie before? Uh, no, I'd never seen this movie. Um, and I actually thought going into it, I was a little worried because I thought this was like some like foreign film with subtitles that I was going to have to like right. really be in the mood for. And I was pleasantly surprised to see when I looked it up, oh, okay, no, this is like a movie that I could probably sit back and get immersed in in the traditional way that I watch movies. Did you? Uh, yeah, I did. I actually ended up liking this movie quite a bit. All right. Um, I guess I admire the movie, but unfortunately, this is the blending of two of my least favorite genres, the true hmm. crime genre and the torture porn genre. And I j- hmm. it just bums me okay. out. Like this, this kind it's of movie. It's meant to bum. It bum you out. <laughs> yeah, but what I, I, so how can I say I would enjoy it? Right. I also found that, like, that I had... Um, I I felt like I also solved the central thesis or the central mystery of it. I didn't I didn't know all the ins and outs. Yeah, yeah. But we're we're definitely gonna like spoil the crap out of this. So yeah, and this movie largely relies on twists and turns, yeah. right? And you know, I think there's some interesting conversations we'll have on like the ethics behind the mm-hmm. actions undertaken by these characters, but. I mean, I yeah, I I I found that it's it, it kind of bummed me out, and I don't feel like yeah. I need to be. I don't need these kind of movies to bum me out. This week alone in Cincinnati, a toddler died on their front porch because they froze to death because their mom was inside, probably getting high. Um, and then huh. another lady in Newport, Kentucky, chopped her head off of a three-year-old toddler. Um, the world's full of real terrible shit. Sure, don't need to watch two and a half hours of it. <laughs> okay, so thanks for that, Hattori. Uh <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I actually like thrillers quite a bit, especially if they're well put together and have other things to do besides just reveal the plot. And I think this movie, while not being the best put together thriller I've ever seen, mm-hmm. certainly had a lot of, I, I guess, interesting things to say and also uh, kept me engrossed the entire time. Like, the acting is really solid all the way yes. across the board. Yes. I, I never felt like... 
they were rushing through this thing. They were just taking the time and letting the story kind of unfold naturally. And I feel like while it didn't service the thriller nature of it mm-hmm. quite enough, um, it did everything else right. Yeah. Um, I... And I was like you. I, I solved the big chunk of the mystery with maybe some some minor details missing. Yeah, I almost feel it, like near the the middle of the movie or uh, earlier. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything. I want to get a couple more minutes into it before I do before we talk about that. Um but I will mention that like this my wife really liked this movie. Um she mm-hmm. is all about she doesn't have my problems with torture porn and she's all about <laughs> uh, true crime. She fucking loves true crime. So ah. Uh, I, I I don't deny that people can derive pleasure from watching this movie. I just not one of those ones. Um, sure. I did really like the acting. I also really admired the fact that to serve, I think the ethical meditation that Denis wanted to do. Uh, he none of these characters are perfect. Yeah, um, they're a lot of times understandable, but then they also do a lot of things that is fr- are frustrating and stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I found. I, I keenly feel those frustrations when I watch this movie. It's it's kind of like how I used to feel about like slasher flicks before I realized that oh you're not supposed to root for the people being slashed. Yeah, you're supposed to root for Freddy and Jason to dice people up real good. Like, right. Um, but this is like they're not stupid teenagers. They're just they're blinded by grief or preconceptions or their role in society that they don't understand the part that they play in their little their little tragedies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, do you like Jake Gyllenhaal as an actor? I do. I think he's one of the strongest performances in this movie. I, I, this, this is, um, I've seen him in this and Brokeback Mountain and a couple others where like, like Donnie Darko, Donnie Darko, where like his puppy dog eyes really are hard (laughs) for me to take serious. And this is one of the first films that I actually, 15, 20 minutes into the film, I, I took him seriously. Because I'm like, I'm looking okay. at this guy, and he's got all these tattoos, but he's got these ginormous little boy puppy dog eyes. And I wish I knew more about what made this guy tick. Because he's largely a cipher. You mean the character? Or yes. Jake Gyllenhaal himself? Yeah, Jake okay. Gyllenhaal. Because I'm like, I was fascinated by... Like I, I wish I saw more of how he lived and how he... Because I, 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 yeah. I don't understand him. Like... They they much more efficiently painted a picture of Hugh Jackman as a person who doesn't rely on anyone but himself. Mm-hmm. So why he would go rogue in the middle of a police investigation and do these just what what seems like insane things is much more understandable. I wasn't I wasn't as sure about Jake Gyllenhaal's character and why what makes him tick and why he does the things he does. Yeah, and I I don't know um, that there's really anything there to latch onto to figure that out. Right, they don't they don't show you anything right of his his life outside of the the investigation except for a single restaurant uh, like Chinese restaurant scene mm-hmm. uh, on is it Thanksgiving? I'm not sure. I, th- I think it was on a holiday. I think it was Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, the, you don't know much about him at all. The only thing we know is that he has never not solved a crime. Right, he's got a perfect streak and streak unbroken. <laughs> right, and I, we'll talk about it more when we get to the spoilers. But he. Well, yeah, I mean, so he saved the two girls, but more importantly, streak unbroken. (laughs) Right. How long does this movie take place over? It's a week. Okay, I wasn't sure if they established that because 
it felt like I, when I was in the back half of this movie, I'm like, my God, how are... But then I realized that, like, oh, I've been assuming that time has elapsed between certain scenes where it's like this is pretty much a re- almost a, <laughs> a two-and-a-half-hour real-time depiction of seven days, I guess. <laughs> right. Um, okay. It okay. Is. Do we want to talk... Have you seen Nightcrawler? No, I have not. Man. Yeah. So I've that's a that's Jake Gyllenhaal good. movie where he's on the other side of this. Um, and he's like an investigative, mm-hmm. or not, not an investigative journalist. He's a he's a guy crime who scene prowls, photographer, prowls right? the streets, going to yeah, um, like get shots of crimes, and eventually, like it sort of he ends up producing the crimes in order to get the shots. Right. He's, he's very much like a Peter Parker kind of guy, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> Except the other side of it, the crime part. Yeah. Um, that is a really, really good performance from Jake Gyllenhaal. Do you think I would like it, like, based on what I've just said about my? Because it seems a little, little true crimey, uh, thrillery to me. It is, but I think there's more there. Okay. Um, and the performance from Jake Gyllenhaal alone is worth seeing it for. Okay. He's he's very disturbed and upset, upsetting in that movie. Right. Right. Uh, and then stuff like you know source code and. I saw that, and I saw Zodiac. He's good in that as well. Yeah. I've not seen either of those films. Do you want to talk about, um, like, like I, I mean, I don't I don't know where to go. Do you want to talk about the when we figured out or how we figured out? Like, okay, let's from here on out, spoilers. Again, this is a very plot-dependent movie. I don't think I'll ever see this movie again. I don't see there's, like, like um, the performances are really good, but you have to, for me, go through a lot of stuff that's not pleasant to get to those good performances. And there's other movies that kind of hit that that thing. But mm-hmm. um, I feel like it's a bit of a flaw that they introduced the Catholic priest who murdered the what we find out to be the husband of the maze killer. Right. I feel I feel like that. Because I, I noticed the guy's necklace. I'm like, that looks like the Legendary Films logo. And then it kept coming up, and it was so obvious in yeah. connection to this other woman. And, and then, like, 30 minutes into film, we know the existence of this moldering corpse in the priest's basement. Mm-hmm. We know that this woman who's got this weird family relationship, her husband's mysteriously ran away in exactly Five the same time ago, frame. Yeah. To me... I didn't know exactly what was going on. I wasn't sure if she was like, but even halfway through the film, I felt like I understood that she was also sinister. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was just a little bit, and maybe, maybe you're supposed to feel that way, tedious that I'm just waiting for the heroes to figure it out. Yeah, it's interesting. I do think some of the movie is intentionally tedious in that yeah. regard. Or like, frust- I shouldn't say tedious. I should say frustrating. Okay, yeah, um, that's maybe a better word for it. But I, I agree. I I definitely got the broad swaths of the mystery solved mm-hmm. way earlier than I felt like I should have watching a, a thriller. Right. Um, but it did kind of feel like the movie wanted us to more engage, engage less with the mystery and more engage with the people involved in solving it. Like um, Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman, right? Um, they wanted us to kind of weigh their actions against the things we knew, which right. we kind of knew more than them at any given point. You know, right? Right. I mean, it reminds me. This is kind of a meditation on. Like, I, I talk about this quite a bit. Like the there, there's an in uh, I don't know some kind of management philosophy book. I was introduced this this four quadrant of processes and outcomes that you can have. Uh, a bad a bad process leading to a bad outcome, which mm-hmm. is what we call failure. 
uh, you can have which a, seems like the Hugh Jackman quadrant <laughs> in this episode. You can have a bad process that leads to a good outcome, which is an, an which is perhaps the most dangerous quadrant to be in because mm-hmm. you can be saddled with a process that actively is inhibiting your success. But since you are you are uh, succeeding despite that, you start to associate the bad process and the flawed process with the successes, and that'll eventually you'll run out of rope and, and hang yourself. Then there is a good processes with a bad outcome, which you'd call like a noble failure. And then, but but then you're on the right track, but you might not know it, and you might start second guessing yourself because you're using bad processes. And then you've got or good processes. You got good processes with a good result, which mm-hmm. is you know what everyone what everyone hopes for. That felt like. A lot of this movie is essentially bad process with good outcomes because Hugh Jackman was on to something about the fact that this kid was connected to the murder and he knew where the bodies were lying. But I'm he, actually not certain of that. Really? No, I'm I'm not sure that he had anything to do with the actual like the kidnapping part of the kidnapping or I guess the, the torture part of the kidnapping. I mean, I, think, I know he picked them up. Yes, but, I, but seems I'm like not that's sure. His role, like that, that he was the one to pick up the children, and then the, especially after her husband died, who was the real leader of the weird satanic cult thing they had going on. Uh, she relied on him, kind of like being non-threatening and childlike, to attract these children and lure them into the RV, and then mm-hmm. I think she drove off with them. Because it, it's right. it, they manifestly demonstrated that this man cannot drive. Yeah, uh, in in one of the earlier scenes. And, but I'm not sure how much he knows about what's happening to these children. You know, I mean, they never knew, tell us. Well, he knew that his mom was. Well, he knew that his abductor uh, kept her on, kept them on. Yeah, no, I think he knew the whole time where their kids were at, and it's kind of baffling hmm. why he didn't. Except for, I guess, uh, you've got a a, a child with. Um, cognitive impairment because of a lifetime of torture um mm-hmm. and experiencing all that trauma again and like repressing and i mean i i don't know like that's that's such an abnormal psychology that i don't even know how to relate to sure um but i felt like that yeah like like hugh jackman was on to the right thing for the all the wrong for all the wrong reasons mm-hmm. and that i don't know where you what quadrant you'd put jake gyllenhaal in because he did I mean, some he's, mistakes he's, too. Like I felt he's like the good, good, the good process leading to the good outcome. Yeah, but I he felt saves like saves everyone, and he did it the right way without harming anyone else. Right, but there's so there's a scene early on where you know Jake Gyllenhaal is trying to explain to Hugh Jackman why he's having to let this kid go. Yeah, and Hugh Jackman was very angry and wroth at the seeming injustice, and I felt like that Jake Gyllenhaal's character did nothing to address the quite reasonable and emotional concerns of this father, which fed into the father's, you know, independent kind of paranoia that the cops are going to take this seriously or not going to be able to solve it and lead him. You know, like in that first scene where Hugh Jackman's like, how can you let him go? Why don't you hold him on some pre... And, and, he, and Jake Gyllenhaal's literally like, whoa, whoa, buddy, look, look, I want to fi- I want to find your daughter just as... And he's saying a bunch of shit that Hugh Jackman knows isn't true and not trying to bother saying like... Hmm here is the legal realities and here is how we solve the case. And here are some other theories I'm working on. It was just that he didn't want to engage with Hugh Jackman's civilian bullshit at all. And I felt like if he had really empathized with that fought with Hugh Jackman and, and made an ally, maybe some of this stuff would have been, uh, you know, 
maybe maybe Hugh Jackman wouldn't have felt like he had to take matters in his own hands. Mm, I didn't read it like that at all. Huh. I read it like this is someone trying to do their job. It's their job, so they're obviously not going to be quite as invested as the father. Right. Um, but he was... Nothing he would have said to Hugh Jackman would have calmed him down. Absolutely nothing. That might be true. It doesn't matter how much he says, I understand, I understand, like, uh, I know you love your daughter, we're going to find her. Like, none of that shit would have mattered. Like, we're going to throw the book at this fucker, we're going to eat his, eat him for lunch. Yeah. None of that would have stopped Hugh Jackman from going rogue and doing what he was going to do if Jake Gyllenhaal worked within the rules of the law, which he was doing. Right. But then what's interesting is, like, this is why I think the exploration of the quadrants is, is a neat way to see the through through this film, is an interesting magnifying glass to examine it, is that, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal, when he gets the crazy Joker acolyte from The Dark Knight, uh, in his clutches, he st- he goes extra judicial and has the guy blow his blow his head off. Um, which I thought sure. that's the other thing that I thought found jarring is how he was not immediately taken off the case. Mm-hmm. Like like why the chief didn't be like, look, man, you are for whatever reason way too fucking ate up in this case, and you need to like you you probably need to go on vacation. Like <laughs> we have you on camera beating a suspect then grabbing your gun and killing you like you're 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 on vacation pending yeah. pending review sure that uh, that was a huge mistake on his part right and it's like one of those things where i'm not sure that needed to be in the film except for well, i don't know i mean it shows the it shows this quote-unquote dispassionate guy who yeah. at at the outset is not at nearly as invested as hugh jackman right, right. It shows him kind of bleeding over to the Hugh Jackman side at some point. Like, sure, getting too invested might be an actual bad thing here. Yeah, and no, it's it's understandable, and that's why, like, a lot of times I I I do rail against police brutality and like them going extra legal. But I also understand it as a friend, as a guy who has a friend that uh, is a cop. You see a lot of bad shit, yeah. and it's almost impossible to completely not not take those interactions with the worst of society into your everyday rea- the right. reaction to civilians because when view you of them yeah. when you're when you become aware of what average people are capable of then average people start becoming dangerous mm-hmm. um i don't think that's an excuse to, to 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 not do better and to uh you know not be critical of 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 cops to step over the line but again it is understandable mm-hmm. um like hugh jackman abducting this kid and torturing him um it's it's super understandable, but on the not only is it ethically and morally wrong, it's also just it's bad it's bad police work. Sure, to torture an insane person for any little information you can get out of them. I mean, yeah, and I think that's after, one of the things that the movie is trying to say that the dispassionate approach might actually be the better way to solve the crimes here, right? Because it leads you down roads that <laughs> that. You know, you might not get to it as quickly, but you're more likely to find the solution in a weird way. Right. Right, because it was Jake Gyllenhaal's actions in that interrogation room that almost broke the, like, made the case unsolvable. Right. Right? If it weren't for uh, just a couple of, like, coincidences and stuff, Mm -hmm. he wouldn't have found it after then, whereas before that he had a a witness, a, a potential accomplice to right. interrogate and i think that that uh, villeneuve was trying to m- intentionally engineer situations where the audience would have a loyalty in a particular moment that yeah. did uh, make you feel kind of bad about yourself for example 
when Jake Gyllenhaal confronts Hugh Jackman in his father's abandoned apartment complex where he's been torturing, uh, you know, Paul Dano all this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was feeling tense, like, oh, God, what if Jake Gyllenhaal finds him? But then, but you know, when everything plays out, it's like that would have been probably a good outcome. Like, like I mean, I, I yeah, think it seems yeah, like it's... I, that's the other thing. It's like it seems like at the end of this movie, it's just a bummer because this these girls are fucking traumatized. Like sure. they're like maybe they'll have a shot at a normal life after years and years of therapy, but they're going to be that their life course is unalterably altered. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think I said I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's irreversibly too altered. Irreversibly yeah. altered. It's it's definitely going to take a different course than it was going to take. Uh, Hugh Jackman probably goes to jail. I would say definitely goes to jail. Uh, this kid who is not, is, is he even a real person at this point after he's been tortured and dehumanized for so long? Like, he's probably going to be institutionalized for the rest of his life and should be. Yeah. There are no real heroes. Like, there's lots of villains and there's lots mm-hmm. of, like, just amorphous evil, but there's not a lot of good to cling to. Like, yeah. I guess it's a it's 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 an absolute positive that this this woman, this disturbed woman, was put into the grave a few years earlier than she probably would have been. Yep. That's and it's it. a positive that the girl survived. It's positive that the girl survived. Um, I I kind of, like, e- even though he has his moments of um, problematic behavior, we'll call it, I mm-hmm. think Jake Gyllenhaal is a positive force in this movie overall. Yeah. Um, whereas I don't, I don't really view Hugh Jackman in the same way. Right. I view Hugh Jackman as a, a negative force. Yeah. Because he doesn't help to solve the case at all. There's nothing he does, as far as I can tell, that leads into the investigation in well, a way that solves it, I don't it, right? know that's true because him... Him IDing the sock. How about that? <laughs> right. and him, That's the... like the one thing, which he could have done anyway once, yeah. like without torturing Paul Dano. Yeah. Because he gets nothing out of Paul Dano. Nothing. Uh, he gets a uh, he gets the fact that yeah you're right them finding the girl is what bro- and 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 Hugh Jack but if Hugh Jackman had not pursued things that far he would have never gone over to have a conversation with a lady and the little girl would never have said I you were there and he would have made the connection and then Jake you know it's like it's like one of those things where he didn't not help save the case. <laughs> and if if he didn't like if he didn't take these hmm. the more extreme wrongheaded actions some of the smaller things that br- the that broke the case open at the end it wouldn't have happened. But either. in my mind, it was all the maze that tied it together. Like Jake Gyllenhaal solved this case by yeah seeing the medallion, seeing yeah going seeing like following up on the nine sexual predators or whatever the yeah. sex offenders who were in the neighborhood, yeah. finding the guy in the basement, seeing the pictures of the maze, going to her house and seeing the picture of her husband with the medal mm-hmm. or the medallion that was what solved the case in my mind does a priest go to jail Oof. probably i just don't know what a jury says because it's like it's one of the things like there's also meditation on vigilantism yeah like that priest took matters in his own hands that guy what if that guy had been like the uh Joker acolyte and was just a what did they call that uh a fantasizer or someone who's like ritually pretending to be a serial killer as a way to either deal with their own oh, trauma yeah, or yeah. just to generate attention like what if that guy was that and he just killed him uh, killed a mentally disturbing person when there's no like yeah. s- 16 murders for Satan Sure, that could. But on the other hand, the case. I think a jury of twelve people are going to like this Catholic priest murdered this guy who actually did murder children and 
Yeah. You could also say say the same of Hugh Jackman's character as well. Yeah. Because that's a harder case. It's, it's uh, much because, harder. Because, like, you know, he, like, what little sanity. I mean, that's the other thing is, like. Because the kid himself was a victim, right? Like, I know he was victimizing other people, but he was also a victim. Right. So to be further victimized by Hugh Jackman. Right. Like, no, there's no way he would not be, uh, like, institutionalized other than, like, he would be found insane. Right. Uh, and not re- not responsible for his actions, I think legally. So, so Hugh Jackman torturing him would probably look pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. And it's also like, what does it do to Hugh Jackman? Because like at the end of the day, you've got a grieving father who's ve- is bad enough, but now you've got like I don't think you can I don't think you can I don't think you can dehumanize a person. Like that's one of the arguments against torture. It's not only does it broadly speaking not work. Mm-hmm. Um, and not be a way to effectively uh, interrogate people, but also has to do psychological damage to the person torturing. Sure, I would think so. You know, like, like there's no way you can retake... You have to, like, you can keep your humanity, sanity, uh, or, or, I don't know, something else. Pick, pick, two, pick two of those things you can keep when you're a torturer... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know how you can do, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know how you can not, like, how is he going to be, uh, how's he going to be a father and a husband and like, look at Maria, is it Maria Bello? Um, her character, like, I don't know, but there's also some interesting things about what it says about like, uh, ideals of masculinity, hmm. like Hugh Jackman embodying this mantle of the family protector, Mm-hmm. Something that's really impossible. Like no person can protect everyone no. from everything at all. Like any any one right. Time. And the the film demonstrates that. Right. He's got these racks and racks of food and supplies right. and ammunition, and none of it helped him. Exactly. None of it. And fa- in fact, a lot of his sh- shit was maladaptive because you know he's trying to keep his wife in some kind of fantasy land where his her daughter might still be alive, mm-hmm. while she's downing barbiturates and essentially staying in a drug induced haze. Like like. None of that shit is very good. When his when his son tried to call him on it, he 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 snaps and gets violent with him. Like to me, this is, you know, like like Hugh Jackman's character. While I think a lot of audiences would see it as like you know noble or well intentioned, like he's got he's got a garbage life philosophy that has utterly failed him. And he doubles down. He doubles down on well, this is the way you know that like uh, you know, and, and essentially vigilanteism. He's a he's a yeah. the, the dark he's the dark side of Batman. Right. Like a Batman was not the world's greatest detective and not magically always right about all of his his crime victims. You would have Hugh Jackman. Uh huh. Yeah. It, it's like um, when I was watching this movie, I couldn't help but think of like Taken, right? Because mm. it's a very similar premise. Like the kid is kidnapped, and right. Liam Neeson goes after him, but you have. Uh, I guess more information in those movies, yeah. and so you root for the guy who's out there doing vigilante right. justice because he unfailingly is right in every connection yeah. he makes. He never like, which this becomes very gray. This movie, right? Because he he is right, but he's not he's not making any progress. And B, he's also torturing a kid who was tortured. Yeah, like. Whereas, None of it feels good. Whereas you think, like, what if what if Jake Gyllenhaal was able to get this guy in a room with, like, a warm blanket and a cup of hot cocoa and uh-huh. just, like, really sympathize? But but the thing is, Jake Gyllenhaal has no context in which to view the old lady as sinister. Sure. That, like, you know, like, that's the thing. Like, the police and Hugh Jackman are operating in a in a uh, a vacuum of facts. Like, they don't, like, they're, they're trying to figure it out. They don't have it. And Hugh Jackman just is like, well, shit, I'm just going to... 
I know this guy's guilty. I know this guy knows where these kids are. Um, and he's right. He knows, quote unquote, yeah. knows. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. He turned out to be right because I do believe, like I said, this Paul, da- this Paul Dano character knew where those kids were. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why he didn't say because again, his his way of thinking and and psychology is completely alien to me. But you know, Hugh Jackman is right, but for the wrong reasons and with the with with the ultimately terrible and amoral approach. Yeah. Um, but you know, what do you do? Like I, the other flip side of this is like, I, I kept thinking the OJ Simpson trial, um, like the father of, and sister of Nicole Brown Simpson, mm-hmm. how they put their complete faith in the police system and the justice system and were fucking robbed. Mm-hmm. And now wh- what do you do? Like it's t- you know, it, 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 you can't do anything. Like, this is just right. like, it's, it's, it's a miscarriage of justice that happened because you put full faith in the system and thought you were going to get an outcome that you like. That, see, that's, that's good process, bad outcome, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I guess you go rogue at that point. Yeah. You, uh, I don't know. You just wait for OJ to fucking do armed robbery on memorabilia. And, <laughs> right. You know, and even that doesn't keep him in prison for, for the rest of his life. So, I, and I think there there's an even deeper layer in this movie of ethics surrounding Terrence Howard and his wife. Yes. Because they're sort of collaborators, but also sort of bystanders. Um, they're in a really weird, tough position in this movie where th- they are also grieving for their daughter. Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman has gone out and done this terrible thing in their mind. Mm-hmm. And yet they still want him to sort of pursue it. And they even aid him in pursuing it yeah. because of how badly they want their daughter back. And they understand and also they're acting in a perfect information because when Paul Dano tries to escape, mm-hmm. like no one would fault any of their daughters for doing that, like grabbing a piece of glass and as soon as they get like stabbing trying to get out the window and yet yeah. that's proof of his this guy's treachery and villainy in their mind. <laughs> uh-huh. Like the fact that he is a prisoner and being tortured and you know good bad or indifferent like it's a it's an understandably human reaction to want to get the hell away from that sure uh but that was just proof of like well you know pew jackman might be onto something here honey mm-hmm. um i don't i don't know i don't know it's tough because you know they i feel like especially the wife who the actress's name is zoe soul i know i've seen her and stuff but I didn't know her name until now. Are you talking about the um, psychotic, the the Satan worshiper? No, no, no. Uh, Terrence Howard's wife in That's, the movie. I thought that was Viola Davis. Um. Yes. Yes. Okay. Sorry that that was the daughter Zoe Soul. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Yeah. Viola Davis. Um. She is in the the even tougher position because she is brought into this after it's already happened, mm-hmm. and she has to decide what to do. Does she t- shut down this potential lead because? what's happening is very, very wrong. Uh, or does she allow them to continue with it? You mm-hmm. know, and it's complicated even further when Terrence Howard changes his mind right. somewhere through it. And she decides to talk him out of letting Paul Dano go. Right. I, <laughs> all of those people's actions are understandable, mm-hmm. even if they're reprehensible, you know? Right. Um, and, and, Ethically, where I come down on it is certainly all of those people were wrong. Right. They should not have done the things that they were doing. Yeah, I want to talk about this more, this Hugh Jackman self-reliance, and I'm going to call it like hyper-vigilance. The fact that you are totally, like you can't rely on anybody but yourself. 
it is as Americans, I feel like it's very easy to see the flip side of that behavior as being insane, where you just don't plan and you just count on the kindness of strangers and you take advantage of people's generosity and you're a, a leech, you're a freeloader. And those things are seen, they're vilified. But the opposite of crazy is crazy. I don't feel like people see that side of Hugh Jackman, that the doomsday prepper, the everything is out to get you, that you can only trust in your wits and your your mitts, mm-hmm. as insane as it really is. Because some points in your life, you're going to have to lean, unless you literally go off and live in the middle of the fucking Gobi Desert or in the middle of and you are going to have to rely on a community whether that is your neighbor whether that is your town whether that is like the like an entire nation of support you're going to have to do it and to pretend otherwise is literally insane yet we i think in american culture we kind of glorify that mm-hmm. like it's very rare to see these explorations of where that where that 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 behavior turns to psychopathy no, I think it's that frontiersman kind of mentality, you know? Right. Like, you come over to America and you're heading west, you pretty much just have your wits and, sure. and your guns, sure. right? And there's like, still pockets of America where that is more true than not. Like, there's sure. there's places in America where you call the police and maybe they'll be there in 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, but residually, I mean, that's embedded in our culture. Yeah. In a weird way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, Whereas <laughs> Europe has had, Europe, Asia, Africa, they've had thousands of years to get over that shit you know yeah 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 like it's like there, yeah there hasn't been a frontier over there where someone could go wild and rogue and do whatever they want in a, in a long time yeah um i don't know like i said this we we no one has a problem of identifying leeches and mooches and and pillaring them and rightfully so because that's crazy as well yeah but you know i don't know like i said i as a person who considers myself hyper vigilant and who's kind of working on that because I was forced to confront how crazy it was a, a, a while back. It's kind of difficult to watch a guy like Hugh Jackman go through this because it's like, you know, like there's ultimately, I mean, what do you do? Not go outside because you might get struck by lightning. Mm-hmm. Like some of these things where you're trying to prevent like, like, like child abductions and stuff or like everyone's afraid of them, but they're so shockingly rare Yeah, that there are like you know there are parents that essentially have done that to their children like they can't ever go outside or they can't ever interact with the world because lightning might strike them they might get abducted they might get savaged by a stranger i don't know i think that's an interesting thing to ponder no there's a a certain level of preparedness that i admire you know like yes you might be without power for a couple weeks that could happen right you might want to grab you know a case of water and enough canned goods for a week or two right do you need stockpiles of ammunition and food for for months to years? Right. Uh, do you need to be digging your underground uh, shelters, like yeah. that kind of stuff? Probably not. Right, right. Um, the odds that that is actually going to, I mean, that's, I don't know. The odds that that's, act, but it's seen, I guess it's seen, I guess it's seen as harmless because like, you know, was it hurting anyone? So. But yeah. I don't know, like that worldview is harmful because it does a lot it does it does a fundamentally you know because you like when you hold that worldview there's nothing that disproves it until it does mm-hmm. you know there's nothing that's like well i'm self-reliant i don't need anybody no one should need anybody blah 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 but then the second you need somebody or the second you need something it's there whether you wanted it or valued it or not you know hmm. like if you live in america and you lose your job you've got unemployment whether you want to collect it or not you know, if you 
get found dying by the side of the road, regardless of whether you have insurance or not, you're going to be carted off to the hospital and doctors are going to try to save your life without knowing whether you're going to pay. It's like it, 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 it doesn't matter. It's, it's, and that's, the, I guess, the frustrating thing about that worldview is that there, since there's no place in the, world, in the world where you can practice it to the nth degree and you don't know the limitations of it until you're actually living through it, it's like one of those things where it's like it's a bullshit philosophy because you're pretending like you're walking a tight wire without a net, but the <laughs> nets are there. The nets are there. There's sure. no way to fucking opt out of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess like the Amish do, like they don't pay Social Security and if they get sick and die, like they're congr- I, they're, there's there's pockets where you can. But like the vast majority of people practice that life philosophy with no ill with with, with no ill effects because the safety net is there for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's something that I was pondering as I watched the show. Okay. What else do we want to talk about? Uh, I want to talk about maybe the best directed scene in this movie. Okay. Uh, which I thought was the mad rush to the hospital. I thought that was phenomenally directed. Oh, yeah. The guy desperately trying to get this perhaps ODing girl. Yeah. Um, she's she's ODing in the backseat. He's got a, clearly a long drive. He's been shot, grazed in the head <laughs> and I, by and, a bullet. And, and the the bl- blood is blood leaking is into like his, eyes. In his eyes. And I'm thinking, I'm white-knuckled. I'm thinking he is going, like, in his heroic efforts to save this girl, he's going to get her killed. Get, get both of them killed, yeah. Yeah, because he's not wearing a seatbelt. She's not certainly not wearing a seatbelt. Uh-huh. Like, Jesus Christ, how dark is this? Because this movie's dark. It is, yeah. And the virtue of a movie this dark is you don't know... <laughs> that 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 Denny is going to fairly have a I guess a convention like he's not going to do something like that yeah. that like lightning strikes kind of random. But I felt like I was in the car with him. Yeah, like Jake Gyllenhaal is the madman at the wheel. Oh, when he blew through that like final red light, it was like a heart attack, <laughs> and he can't see a damn thing. He no. can barely see the emergency sign as he pulls right, in. Right. Uh, yeah, I thought that was fantastically directed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the thing. Like it's such a quiet film with these occasional flashes of action and mm-hmm. villain vil, vil nerve is so good he, he's he's so capable of switching those lanes pretty effortlessly you know yeah like you see action movie directors struggle with emotional scenes you see uh, you know uh, uh directors are adept at character and dialogue struggle with action it's very rare to see a person who just seems like he can whatever the story needs to tell he can fucking tell it yeah the other thing that i found inter- interesting i guess thematically is this idea of faith um, versus mm. versus lack of faith, I suppose. Yeah. Um, because that's kind of plastered all over. Hugh Jackman is very much a man of faith. We see him praying mm-hmm. multiple times throughout the movie um, when he's faced with a either a difficult shot in the beginning of the film or right. uh, a decision or strength that he needs to continue down the path he's on. Yeah. And then we see in The Kidnapper someone who used to be a faithful person and is now completely lost their faith and is in fact kidnapping kids in order to shake the faith of others. And and in my mind, this movie is trying to say that both of these people can do bad things. Mm-hmm. That is not like faith dependent. It's not lack of faith that drives you to bad things. It's just people being people. Right. And that the faith has nothing to do with it. Yeah. It's like um, an extra step mm-hmm. because that's as, as a, as an atheist, I was watching this and being like, I mean, I don't have any faith. Like, I, I don't. I don't have any faith to lose. So, like, I'm immune. Like, to me, that's just an insane person doing, and that that happens. That's an unfortunate side <laughs> right. effect of not being able to predict the future, and you know, not having. Like, I don't even know. Like, I. Uh, 
I don't know what kind of mental health care a nation would have to have to keep all of this stuff from happening. Like, it almost seems like as as your price of admission to being a human that you are going to be able to experience some of the best and some of the most moving things. And you're also going to have to look at the, the blackest heart of darknesses on occasion. Yeah. Um, I, you know, obviously I think there's there that societies can do better, uh, to help people. But like, I, I just, I, I don't know, but it's so weird to see as a, as a, as a neutral, uninterested observer about the battle of faith, mm-hmm. because you're right at the end of the day, like faith or no, people are going to be terrible and people are going to yeah. be crazy and people are going to be criminally insane uh, people are going to be generous and noble. It's like it's so, it's so weird to see. It, it's like uh, you know the Rick and Morty episode where Rick's got this battery that's powered by a society that he is tricked into thinking they're generating their own electricity, but they're act he's siphoning and that's what runs his car. Uh-huh. And Morty's like, "Well, this is like slavery with extra steps." Like uh-huh. it's like it's like this is ethics and morality with just an extra layer the, of of an un, un, unappealable layer that you've added on top. But there's like an ultimate right. evil and an ultimate good, and they're battling over our souls. Like or or the <laughs> the world in our life is the choice, the sum total of the choices we make and the contributions we make to society and the things that we take selfishly from society. Right. And you when know? you strip that subject away from it, I it's weird because it's using I guess faith and lack thereof in order to demonstrate how none of that matters. Um, yeah, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, what do you think the movie? What do you think the movies? Like, so, so we talked about like all the different conundrums, ethical, moral. What is the movie's take on, like Jake Gyllenhaal going rogue and beating the shit out of that guy and then blowing his head off? What is the movie's take on Hugh Jackman? Mm-hmm. Because like, it's so the movie ends with 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 Hugh Jackman blowing the whistle. Yeah, which I loved. I thought that was a great way to. Okay, end I, I want to talk about that as like from a thriller aspect because we'll, there's nothing we'll else there. good that can come from any further. Like you know, because uh, what happens next is Hugh Jackman probably gets thrown in cuffs yeah, and he goes to the hospital that. and he's handcuffed to the bed and he's going to stand trial and yeah. Um, but it is it is a a moment of grace in the film. Mm-hmm. Like you're wanting Hugh Jackman to be found. You don't want him dying in that pit. Sure. So what is the movie's opinion on his his moral and ethical decisions? What is the movie's opinion on uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's moral and ethical opinions? Or do you think that Denny is very carefully to remain neutral and let 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 whatever you think is... Well, I think by ending the movie the way he does, he doesn't remain entirely neutral. I agreed. Um, he's saying that perhaps Hugh Jackman's actions, though he needs to face the consequences of them, were warranted and... and helped to save his daughter somehow uh and certainly i think that he pins sort of the hero medal on jake gyllenhaal Hmm. i I know he has done some things he got too personally involved and he he nearly blew the entire investigation because and also he brutalized a victim right he broke the rule of law i understand that not quite in the same way um but but certainly he he made a mistake, but I think he recognized his mistake, mm-hmm. whereas Hugh Jackman, I don't believe ever recognized it. And yet he he is saved at the end. So I think that Denis would probably was probably trying to say that, yes, he's done some bad things. But in the grand scope of of it, he was probably in the right, which I don't agree with. Yeah, I think that Hugh Jackman is a bad person in this movie hmm. overall. Uh, I don't know. Like, to me, he's a good person that did bad things. 
I, I don't know that I distinguish the two. Like that's fair at, at that level. Like Hugh Jackman has son, has done such bad things right. that I don't know I can call him a good person anymore. Whereas I mean, it's Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah, I I think I can at the end of the movie. It's just it's interesting because I see a lot of people getting hung up on. I think a lot of bad happens in this world because people say, well, I'm basically a good person, so sure. I wouldn't be supporting or doing something evil. Right. All the while, they are doing or supporting either tacitly or implicitly something evil. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I think we need to kind of detach someone's feelings about themselves and our feelings about them being like, you know, like, like, like we, we all want to be good people. We all want to be the hero of our, of our story. <laughs> but yet the reality is we all fuck up. We all hurt people. We all are selfish. We all take advantage as from occasion. There's no one that's, that's, that's without sin in that regard. And things just get muddy about like how you emotionally feel about the person. Like, like good people can do bad things. Bad people can do good things. Sure. Fucking Hitler had a dog, and he loved him, and he took care of it, and he painted pa- sweet paintings. He, he yeah. painted decent paintings, and he probably told some pretty good jokes. <laughs> he but... made the Volkswagen, right, right. And then, like you know, there's like history is replete with people that we lionize and see as good, but there's uncomfortable facts like, oh, he's a slaveholder, or oh, it turns out he beat his wife, or oh, it turns right. out that he was a real shit as a father. I I don't know, man. To me, that again, that's 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 more of our morality with extra steps getting in and fucking with it, rather than just mm. dispassionately saying that we all self-contain like good and bad things. And I I don't know if I want to go so far as like anyone could snap and abduct someone and torture them for days to try. Right. To, I, it's not that far, but I also think it's super dangerous to think that like, well, a good person wouldn't do that. Because most people think they're good people. Like, fucking Maze, Crazy Maze Woman thought she was a good person, right? Right. She was trying to set people straight. Right. She's in their trying, faith. Yeah, do do whatever the hell she was trying to do. Like, uh-huh. you know, she wasn't the fucking Darth Vader in her story. So, like, that's... I mean, it, it, I, I even as I say it, I feel like I can accuse myself as, as being a pedant or, like, you know, sure. talking about differences that don't that, – that, that, that don't really aren't that, – that I'm trying to make a meaningful difference when it's not, but I don't know. Fucking language matters and how we emotionally feel about things matters and and can get in the way of, like – like, like it's it should be easy to absolutely condemn things that are bad. But our personal feelings about the people doing them and their motivations sometimes get in the way of doing that. Sure. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk maybe about this red whistle for a second. Okay. Because I feel like this is the biggest mistake. There are, I think, a couple of mistakes this movie makes if it wants to be a thriller, which I'm not sure that that's the entire point of this movie. Yeah. But um, in so much as it is a thriller, I feel like it makes a mistake in revealing that maze stuff connecting those dots a little too brightly yep. too early on. And also, I don't feel like they should have shown Hugh Jackman finding that whistle. At the bottom of the pit? Yeah, I think you don't show him finding the whistle, and then when he blows it, it's much more of a surprise. But it makes perfect sense because yeah. the woman has told him, I had your daughter down there. Right. Like, both mm. of those kids were in that hole for a long time, and we didn't need to see him finding it because hmm. we would have realized exactly what was happening at the end without it. Yeah, I think that if I I agree, I think I agree with most of your your assessment there. Obviously about the maze stuff because I had a problem with that myself. But yeah, I will push back and say like, what if, does this does this change your mind about it? Um, there's already enough uncertainty about whether Hugh Jackman ha- would survive 24 hours, and uh. they carefully established that it's been 
probably longer than 24 hours since that he's been in that pit. I think so, yeah. With the fact that, like, oh, if you get a tourniquet, you might survive 24 hours. Plus, he's taking his heroic d- dose of juice, knockout juice. Um, I don't think the mystery uh, – to me, the, the thing at the end is not like, oh, wow, he got the whistle. It's more like he was able to hold on. Mm-hmm and survive so like the fact that he had the whistle i feel like is not the i guess the dramatic reveal i guess i just i knew it was coming like i from the time that he goes in that hole and finds that whistle i'm like yep this is his salvation right um and i was as morally certain as hugh jackman was that paul dano knew where the kids were right i was that certain about that red whistle but don't you think because like i i I think if so without I think you still would have been certain because here and here's why. I almost wonder if the whistle wasn't a later uh, addition that Villeneuve uh, put in there because he was a little afraid that people would connect the dots. Because there's a lot of playing with the idea of you've got to be quiet because some the police are here mm-hmm. um, several times in the movie. Uh, and if that whistle had not been introduced, I think you would just assume that Hugh Jackman would maybe weakly, maybe not. He would be able to yell and get, if he was alive, he'd be able to get the attention of someone to, to hear him without the whistle. And for whatever reason, the whistle was added because I don't, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Cause I also like the other thing is like this movie is a little bit more spiritual than a thriller. And like that yeah. vision of his daughter giving him the whistle. Like, I feel like, some of that is a little bit you can see in his works of like in the arrival where he likes to play with things that um if they're not like prophetic or like divinely revealed there is like the feel of that because Mm. obviously you know that 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 didn't that was just a dream he had right you know but it also kind of came true because his daughter did metaphysically give him the whistle by dropping it in the pit in the first place I don't know. <laughs> okay. I think I think you're, I mostly agree with you. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I feel you. Yeah, I'm I'm talking about specifically from a thriller aspect. Yeah. Um. It it would have been more of a reveal had mm-hmm. they not shown it. Hmm. Uh. But yeah. I I don't know. Uh. Ultimately, I kind of like the end of this movie. Uh. Let Let me ask you what the snakes have to do with anything. I don't fucking know. So um, he walks into a room full of, of cases um, yeah. when, when he finds this pointy nose guy, the maze guy, uh, and there are just snakes in all of the cases except for one where he finds yeah. the notebook. Um, and the snakes are mentioned a couple of other times, I think, in the movie, yeah, but I don't there, understand there's, there's it. There's a key. If I was going to watch this again, I would want to watch especially the first interview that Jake Gyllenhaal had with the old lady at her house because she yeah. mentioned something about him, someone being spooked by snakes or yeah. her husband. Do, but I wasn't – but obviously – so I wasn't sure. And I guess my thought was that that snakes are kind of intertwined with satanic imagery. Right. Uh, you know, and and like the idea that the serpent offered Adam and Eve like ultimate truth, and like you know, like the the truth beyond the world they knew, which is kind of like feels like up the the maze couple's alley. Mm-hmm. That you know, maybe they're I don't know, fucking that. But that's that's just me <laughs> kind of grasping at it. And and the other thing is like, yeah, well, if I listen to whatever she's told to Jake Gyllenhaal, it's all a bunch of bullshit. Sure, because she's just spinning stories to the the. I mean, that's also interesting kind of symmetry, the fact that, like, this is a very practiced deceiver, 
that has a, 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 a an answer for everything when Jake Gyllenhaal shows up versus like Hugh Jackman's hastily made up rationalizations for why he does things. Yeah, like a a, a a good person trying to deceive versus a practiced like evil person trying to deceive. Like there's a little bit mm. of symmetry there. Okay, but. Yeah, fuck if I know. And, and that dude, so as far as I understand it, that dude's role in the whole thing was to get clothes, both, like, just buying generic child's clothing, right. um, covering it in blood, and also stealing clothing from the houses of the victims in order to cover it with blood, in order to get the investigations closed. But that, see, the, the fact that he, like, I don't understand why he would mix, I if, I, if he's ritualistically... Um, you know, copying the things that were done to him and he saw done. I don't understand why he's getting to like, it seems like it should all either be store-bought clothes that he's, he covers in pig blood or it should all be token things that he steals from his quote-unquote parents that are doing these murders. It's weird that he would mix the two. Yeah. It'd be um, like, it'd be I, like, what if, what if in that pit there was one dummy with a smashed in face and one actual body? Right. Like, what the fuck, you know? Like, it's, 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 it's a weird... Yeah, it was very confusing to me, but but I again, it's a strange psychology. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what the like that's the thing with the serial killer stuff is you're tempted to be like, aha, that's what a serial killer does. But like you know, the I mean, I'm not a great student of it, but it seems like from things that like my wife has tried to tell me, and like every every fucking woman I've ever known loves true crime shit. And I'm not generalizing because I'm sure there's a lot of women out there. This is it. I'm just saying all the one that's the, my primary conduit for knowledge of serial killers is the stuff that they told me. And it seems like the more you learn, the more there's like they're really not very commonalities between them. I guess I'll have to watch Mindhunter. Like you to find can't out. really compare Ted Bundy to like an Ed Gein to like a uh, fucking uh, who's the guy who chopped up his boyfriends and kept them Jeffrey Dahmer mm-hmm. with the Charles Manson like. You know, they're they're all over the place because, yeah. you know, human madness manifests in a lot of different ways. So right. Jake Gyllenhaal, I think, is attracted to scripts like this. Um, you know, he's done Nightcrawler. He's done Zodiac. Uh, I think he likes this kind of yeah. interesting delve into the psychology of um, outsiders, I suppose. <laughs> I kind of think that, like, he if I, he probably just likes challenging material. Okay, that's you know, it. like like he likes things that allow him to stretch the limits of what he's been able to do. Like he likes mm-hmm. to play the gay cowboy. He likes to play the crazy time traveling teenager. He likes to play the tortured cop and the uh, the fabulous vil- you know villain that's make like uh, to me like I don't, maybe that's is he attracted to this type of material? Is he attracted to stuff that's this weird and unconventional? Lets him lets him stretch his acting legs. I don't know. I mean, I can name three serial killer-esque movies that he's been in. Hmm. Um, I can't name three of any other genre. Mm-hmm. So, Was Maria Bello, is she also in History of Violence? Um, I don't remember. Because I'm like, is she attracted to playing the wife of <laughs> uh, men with volcanic histories <laughs> right. and, and, and attractions of violence? <laughs> or is like, I feel like, it, I feel like she was, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, she might be. I can't remember either. Um... I feel like that's all I have to say about this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting, like I said, it's something that I coldly admire more than I enjoyed. I'm not, I'm certainly not sorry I saw it. It just kind of bummed me out. Uh <laughs> kind of kind of a kind of a downer movie to start start one start one's day with. Um, sure. 
But anyway, thank you for your support, Hatorian. Thanks for your uh, troubles the last three years uh, running the final the Final Fantasy Football League. Uh, you got to watch those Chocobos, man. They can they can just really really rack up the points on you. Are the really so the the uh, football players are riding Chocobos now? They, they are. That's that's the fantasy part. Damn, of it. I need to start watching football. <laughs> um. Yeah, we got we got the we got our blood bowl in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, thanks thanks for thanks for organizing the league. Thanks for putting all this together. Uh, we will be back to our regularly scheduled uh, list of um, commission podcasts uh, starting now. Essentially, mm-hmm. uh, we got a pretty good list coming up. We've got a foreign film that I have no idea what to expect. I can't even pronounce it. De de battre mon cosere. Like I I I used to call Dennis Villanova Dennis Villanova. Uh, mm-hmm. But then we got Looper, Heat, Exorcist, Highlander. We got some fun fun stuff oh, coming up that uh, I'm super, super excited about. Not that I'm not excited about the foreign film. It's just like I... I need to be in a mood to watch those. Yeah. For sure. And I am I was pleasantly surprised by the last one that I watched. So. Yeah. Und the Profit. Yeah. That was fucking rad. Hopefully this one will be just as good. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, you got you got big surprise factor and the Baldies. Mm-hmm. Like, a huge surprise upside. It's true. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll be getting to that next, uh, and we got a bunch more coming down the slate. We got all of our fantasy football stuff out of the way. Thanks for listening to the podcast again. Our commission cues are closed. We have nineteen films in the pike. Uh, we are nowhere near uh, reopening or discussing what we're going to do with the commission slots. Um, I get a lot, you know, I, every time a commission podcast gets out, I get this uh, question, but we are not accepting anything in the queue for commission podcasts at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will see you for the next one. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.